still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom, but this time Tom, in person, it is lovely to see you. How are you mate? Very good mate, nice to be back in uh, in a room full of Bath fans, I know that's 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 usually your line, but yeah, we, we thought, we'd, uh, we thought we'd, we'd get together, watch back the game. Chew the fat and 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 then uh, hit record while we're doing so. So yeah, mm. not nice to be back with you. Yeah, I think the last time we were actually in person to record a podcast, I uttered the infamous words "Come on, the Omicron," which turned out to be a strain of coronavirus which wiped out nearly the whole of Britain's Christmas. So maybe we'll stay clear of the COVID uh, predictions this week and maybe focus <laughs> just, maybe focus just on just on the rugby um, on, on this occasion. Yeah, well, I um. Yeah, I was going to say what comes what comes next if um, for 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 the UK and the world if if you're making predictions in person. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I had, an, I had an interesting weekend's rugby actually before before we got to Bath. I went down to to to, to Richmond to watch 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 the game there, being 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 based in London and um, getting a little bit fed up of of making the trip down to to Bath, another place in the Premiership, to watch us to watch us lose um, and. Uh, yeah, old old Bathman Levi Davis was was turning out for for London Scottish. So interesting to to see him 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 back in action. Scored a nice try as well. So good weekend of of more local rugby. Obviously but, caught up on the the Bath game as well. And they lost, and they're bottom of the table. So I'm not sure you're kind of the the best person to have as a supporter if you're a rugby club at the moment. I mean, rugby club, any sport, any team I or or indeed athlete I support. Um, it, it seems to be it seems to be an absolute curse for them. But, but, yeah. How are you getting on? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, obviously hugely disappointed with the result on Saturday. Um, I do think there were some things that we can take out from it. Caught up in the game, as you say, with yourself tonight, and we'll get into all that detail this evening on the podcast. Also, going to touch on the latest departure from Farley House in the form of David Williams, the attack coach. And then look ahead, as we always do on the Bath Rugby Plug, to the upcoming fixture with a taint tint of optimism as we travel to Kingston Park to face Newcastle and what is another fantastic weekend of rugby as the Six Nations returns. But Tom, before we do, let's get into the game at the wreck on Saturday. A defeat, of course, 2024. Leicester's first win at the wreck mm. since 2011. But given the state of the two teams going into the week, bottom against top, do you think 20 to 24 was actually a decent result for Bath? Well, I think so. I mean, first of all, obviously, it's a it's a losing bonus point. Mm. Worcester managed to, to get a victory over Bristol at the weekend, so extended their their lead. And obviously, it's it's a little bit academic now without without relegation I mean god can you imagine if if we were actually in a in a relegation battle against Newcastle Worcester and Bristol I think yeah there was a stat on the the commentary wasn't there that only on three occasions in premiership rugby history has bottom of the table beaten beaten top of the table and as we'll get into I think there were there were there were there were definite signs of improvement you know we're obviously crippled with injuries as we know we had I think the seventh and eighth choice second rows uh, mm. at one point playing. So guys out of position again for Bath. 
conditions, I think, were were pretty poor. It was very very windy, mm. so that's kind of a always a, a a bit of a a bit of a leveler. Obviously, with the 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 storms that were Storm Eunice that was 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 mm. clashing through the UK. I think every Premiership game was within five points, so it shows you how the weather can level can level things up. But I think overall there are there are a few positives to take mm. from it, and I think the main message for me is. I think over the the last, over this year, really, we are showing I think definite signs of of of, of improvement as we head into the back end of the season. Mm. Yeah, those conditions were obviously really, really a, a really big factor in the game on on Saturday, and I think they were a real big factor at the start of the game in particular, Tom. Whilst both sides tried to sort of adjust to them and get used to them, and I think in particular Bath really struggled with them early doors, and and I'm not sure whether it's just a poorly coached restart operation or whether the wind was having a real effect, because to lose two restarts early on in the game, and for both of those missed restarts to eventually lose lead to Leicester tries, was really disappointing how we were unable to, to tighten the ship when, when the conditions worsened at the start. It's such an important facet of the game, isn't it? I think mm. it, it goes under the radar. It goes under... Not by me. No, but... I'm sorry. I think, I think, you know, it's, it's sort of banded about as the third set piece, isn't it? The restart, but... If you if you screw it up as we we showed for those those first two Leicester tries, you're immediately on the back foot. You you know you're often kind of faced you know camped outside your your 22. Obviously the Leicester player is able to kind of pile forward, um, and yeah, I mean the the second one in particular. You know the one thing you don't do at a restart is is let the ball bounce. And I know Richard de Carpentier probably has never played second row professionally in in 15s 15s rugby obviously having come from sevens but you know you don't let the ball bounce we we managed to kind of scrabble it uh, back and then Nathan Hughes kind of charges into contact with the ball in one hand we lose it and it only takes a few phases for 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 Leicester to get some quick ball and get over the line so two very very straightforward tries and ultimately, both both born out of, of Bath restart errors, as you say. Mm, that was always going to be a really key factor of the game, how the kicking battle, the kicking reception from both sides back three was kind of how that developed throughout the game. And, and yeah, I think early doors, we definitely weren't, weren't on top of that battle. And yeah, it just gave them a, a, a real nice head start into the game. I think Bath trailed five points to 14 after about 12, 15 minutes of that game, which when you are against the top side is just such a big head start to give them but credit to Bath I think you mentioned Storm Eunice but Leicester were on the end of a a storm of their own I think in the middle period of the game when Bath flew back and scored three tries or two tries in pretty quick succession Mm. and I think all three of Bath's tries Tom in that first half were absolutely outstanding why don't you pick out perhaps your your favourite of the bunch well just just before we get to that I wanted Mm. to Wanted to mention the, the yellow card for for Will Muir because I was I saw some stats that BT put out in 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 one of the other games they were showing this weekend, which was essentially a league table of you know the average points conceded per ten minutes of, of yellow or red cards, and we are kind of right down the bottom of that list. I think we were I think we were eleventh or twelfth, which actually makes a, a quite a nice change from <laughs> from the actual league table this season. But I thought the reaction to that Will Muir yellow card was was pretty good. You know, we actually won it three nil. In, in terms of points and there are a couple of big defensive moments anyone that hasn't seen the the, the picture and, and footage of Tom de Glanville's tackle on, on Amali Nadolo is is brilliant and exactly how to, to take down a, a big man at pace we also had Max Ajomo's jackal 
Um, and then he, he went and celebrated like he's, he's, he's won the World Cup. Will Butt had a, had a couple of nice moments on the wing as well. So guys kind of stepping out of position in that wide channel with, with Will Muir taking, taking a breather and, and coming up with some, some nice moments. So, yeah, I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was mm. a positive. In terms of the tries, I mean, three really nicely worked tries, showing good skill, coming from nowhere, really. I, I think it's got to be the it's got to be the the Josh Bayless try mm. down the wing for me. I think yeah, he, he showed last season, didn't he, in that final play of the season, that he's got some real pace on him when he when he scored that try against Northampton mm. Saints. Don't. What I would say is, don't bury the lead about what you enjoyed most about the try, though. Yeah, I, I, I won't. I, I'll, I'll get to that then. I mean, the the little the little kind of goose step and and beat obviously ex bath man Freddie Burns, friend of the podcast to beat to beat him in a in a telephone box. You know, put him put him on his backside, make make him look like a like a pretty average average defender. Obviously, I won't pass comment on that. And then to to canter down the the left wing, probably what he was on the halfway line, and to get over, I thought was I thought I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I think uh, Ben Kay, who was on commentary for BT Sport, described it as a brilliant finish from Josh Bayliss, which I thought was pretty harsh. He he basically had the start of Maine and dessert, and probably the cheese course <laughs> afterwards. It was such a fantastic effort from from Josh Bayliss. Yeah, absolutely showing showing his turn of, of foot there. And, and all three of the tries in that first half, as you mentioned, Tom, obviously the Muir one down the left-hand corner as well, a corner he absolutely loves sliding into the bog down there. Bouncing, uh, bouncing on his knees into the corner. Yeah, so that was a fantastic try. And I, I, I love the Ajoma try. The, the, the from the chip from from Jonathan Joseph, which came really soon after the Ajoma turnover, which you described earlier, and and yeah, just a fantastic few minutes from from Max. And I was listening then, Tom, to the intro intro to the podcast as we got into it, and we are maybe getting to a point when that might need a refresh. <laughs> I've got a long off season to 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 do so, and I do think even though Nick Mullins was mistaken. Um, and he thought that it was a, a Joma try off of a oh, we can let off, off of a Bailey chip. We'll forget that in two years. The description of the two Bath young bucks, I think, absolutely has to be in the intro if I can work out how to do it. Yeah, Bath on fire for about twenty minutes in, in what was maybe our best period of the season. Maybe our best period of the season. The, the only the only thing I'd say is I don't you know don't want to put down on it, but mm. you know we scored those three tries from from pretty much nowhere. And we had, I think, 23% of territory in that first half. Four phases, four completed phases in the in the Leicester 22. So whilst they were very, very skillful tries, they didn't come as a result of any kind of sustained pressure. They were kind of they, they were kind of out of of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not not to take anything away from from the skills shown, but I always think you you can't really rely on guys to pull out bits of skill like that every week. You need something that's a uh, you know, a little bit more repeatable as as mm. top teams have shown they've they, they've been able to do. Whether it's more pick and go, um, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, that they were really the only chances we got. But for a change, and what is positive is we made we took our chances and we were clinical when we when we got an outside break. I think it was an odd first half in many ways because Leicester probably shaded it, but I think Bath would argue that they probably should have been further ahead and that's a very strange thing to kind of say but I think Leicester as you say the majority of possession and the majority of territory but 
never really threatened as much as I thought Bath did, ball in hand. So I think it was good to see us be efficient. I thought we got 17 points from three visits in that first half, three visits into the Mm -hmm. 22. And the number of times we tried to batter the door down or go through phases and not not ultimately score a try. I thought it was really nice to see us be efficient. But I agree. I think that we never had something in this game that we could hang our hat on. We never had an area of dominance in the game. And that was absolutely borne out in the second half, Tom, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we we managed to to go in ahead at half-time, which I think was a a massive surprise to to, to, to most Bath fans watching it. Albeit, I did... I did predict a, mm. a victory. I did fancy a victory, you know, last last week, and I think, you know, we were certainly closer to that than I think I think many many, many many people <laughs> thought we would be given <laughs> given given the form book. I think, yeah, that in the second half, well, ultimately Leicester continued to have most of the ball. They continued to have most of the the territory, and we just started, I think, to become a little bit and bit outmuscled, a little bit. Outpowered. I think a lot of that is you have to say is 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 down to the the injury list and the 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 guys we've got out up front. I mean, I mentioned mentioned the second rows at the start, but with Josh McNally going off, we had Richard de Carpentier and Josh Bayliss playing in the second row, who I would I would calculate are our seventh and eighth choice second rows. And, you know, we should we should also say as we we did last week what? that this this is this go on. What number choice second row is Luke Charteris? Well, that's what I mean. He's got to be. He's got to be <laughs> digging out his boots, his size 15s from 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 his old kit bag. What number second maybe row is Stuart Hooper? Maybe that's why they've, they've they've kept him on. Maybe we've been looking for roles that's for Stuart kept Hooper since we had the Aaron Van Grad announcement. I think we had him organising the tunnel one week. We had him stewarding. Stewarding. The, he's busy doing the that. Gate, that so. needs work, as I said before. <laughs> but maybe his real calling is back in the change room with the boys and, and turning out a lot because I thought absolutely the. The power of Leicester yeah. was 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 completely on show, and 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 it really pains me to say it, but they were mightily impressive. I thought in that second half, the way they rode that bath storm and then just completely blew us away with that scrum and line out. And I thought on another day they would have scored at the end, got that mm. five four try five point bonus point try, and and it would have been probably deserved. I thought I, I thought the way they their scrummage just took us apart was 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 really really impressive yeah. and, and that's so difficult to take as a Bath fan when we've been told for a, a number of years now that this is the area of the game that we're going to be best at and we're going to build on and then the recruitment completely goes against that and we're left with not enough locks in the squad and then injuries which you know Bath Bites on Twitter argues to McNally will be inevitable given the rugby he's been yeah. forced to play lead to this lightweight pack being being, being bullied off the park he's, by the old enemy. Manali's taken so many knocks this season and kind of played on with them and, and played through niggles and, and, and Charlie mm. does the same at times, kind of limped on through games. Tom Ellis as well, when you when you know that they're hurting. I remember the Quinns game, they were as I said, they were basically all limping around like Igor because they'd had various limbs they'd probably sprained and they were cramping mm. up left, right and centre. And that does take its toll and you can't do that week in, week out with the, the premiership schedule is, is, is kind of bad, but, bad as it is. I, I agree that the errors, you know, it is an area of recruitment. We we should have brought in a proper, you know, second row who's not playing out of position, who's not kind of a six slash second row who can actually get game time. Elliot Stoot was a classic example. Play plenty of game, game mm. time, be a solid premiership level, not be at risk of getting called up for, for international duty necessarily or be, you know, having, having an outside shot of doing so. 
I think on you, you mentioned the mall. I think you said last week that you would expect. I mean, you. I think you were very, very confident, and you certainly were before the game that Montoya would would kind of barrel over for a, a mall. A, you know, a a, a penalty, a, a try. Sorry, at the back of the mall. I thought we actually defended that quite effectively at couple times. A cu- cu- yeah. couple of turnovers. Ultimately, Leicester didn't get the same kind of change from it mm. as they have done for most of the season. But you're absolutely right on the the scrum. We were we were decimated in that that second half. I think when you've got lightweight second rows, ultimately who are probably 15 kilos two stone down mm. where they where they, the, their opposition are, it's very difficult to defend. And there were two key moments, weren't there? One on our own line, um, which led to the 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 Leicester Tigers try. Freddie Burns just had a had a run in. And one when we were camped out on the, their line, they got the the turnover from the the collapsed mall, yeah. which again looked very ineffective. And then straight away penalty from that, and suddenly they can yeah. they can relieve the pressure, and they're they're um you know they're they're, they're back on the front foot again. But once again, the the lack of control and lack of organisation <laughs> that we showed in those attacking malls on the Leicester line in that key moment in that second half when we had three penalties on their line in around the hour mark, and we just were unable to to capitalise on that. And that, again, comes back to what, to me, looks like a really poorly organised and, and, and poorly coached line-out. Uh, and I think the coaches should, Tom, take a little bit of blame this week. And I know the injuries are make, make it extremely difficult. But I think not only that, but also some of the, the substitutions which came in yeah. that second half. I, I, just, I just think they're in, inexplainable, inexplicable. Why are you taking... De Glanville off, who's having a storming game under really difficult conditions, really difficult circumstances in those conditions, sorry. And then you're moving Bailey out of his preferred position and bringing on Cipriani, who's just not at the races. I, to me, that's that's just bizarre. Yes, as if we don't have enough players who are who are playing out of position already. Exactly. Through, through the Do it again. I mean, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's one of those moves that as a, as a fan, you, you find so frustrating because... It just feels like they're doing it as part of a set plan, and it's mm. just because they want to give Cipriani, who you know is a who is a who's a, a decent money signing, they want to give him some game time after after three months out, and they feel like they they can't just you know sit him on the bench for 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 the full eighty minutes. But I agree, it's just a it's just a it's a brainless decision. It just doesn't take into account actually how the game was was playing out and. You know, Orlando Bailey's not a fullback, and he he, he he dropped the ball on one occasion. He was out of position on a on another for 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 a Freddie Burns kick, and that, he he's not to blame for that. You've got a guy who is covering the backfield really effectively in Tom de Glanville in difficult conditions, making some great tackles as well. I I just do not understand why you would why why, why the, you'd make that yeah, make that decision. I think all those Cipriani truthers that that were very annoyed with us when we were pretty down on the signing in the summer, Tom gone very quiet on social media and he again just 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 looks so rusty as he probably would be but just no need to bring him on in that situation I thought maybe if you're down by a number of points something different to try but the Glanville was playing fantastically Bailey was controlling things and we were in that game and we just seemed very very strange yeah, and, and premeditated to do so you know he's, he's back from injury he's had he's a he's had a long time out he hasn't played a lot of rugby in the last couple of years and we haven't you know he, ultimately there's a couple of you know I think there's there's two or three premiership rugby cup games coming up given the opportunity to start in them when and give Orlando Brady a failure no. a second break why was George Warboys at 10 
Well, I, I don't know. I think I think he 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 will be, and he, he should be allowed some game time at some point in a in a, in a Premiership rugby cup game or in a game that oh, wishful thinking, but in a game that we've got wrapped up by thirty points with, <laughs> with twenty minutes to go. Um, that, pull, pull the old Eddie Jones card. Um, I'll, I'll allow it then. That'll be the only occasion that I want to see see Cipriani again. I think if we're up thirty, then yeah. you can have him on. I thought it was strange, and and I think that that contributed to it, but yeah. it wasn't the the the, the factor, the key factor to the second half, and Bath not to score any points yeah. from the the thirty minute mark right through to the end, I think was just testament to to the way Leicester mm. knuckled down. I think Nick Mullins described it as rolling their sleeves up and going back to what they've done best this year, and that was that was bully teams and and tactically outsmart teams. They did, and they may have got a try at the end, which would have like the the game against Swass made the scoreline, they may have got a couple of tries at the end which would have made the scoreline kind of flattering on their part. We managed to to hold them out. And I mean ultimately we were four points off. If we if if Bailey had, had got the conversion and, and penalty that he, he missed, mm. would, we would have we would have won that game by by one point. I mean Leicester got all their kicks. So it was it it, it was very, very close. I think we should be commended for for the effort we showed, and we, we talk about injuries a lot, and obviously we're we're always looking at players and and the availability list. But just just to put it in context, let me let me just quickly read out the guys that we had unavailable prior to the game: Lewis Boyce, Joe Thokonasiga, Tom Dunn, Tom Ellis, Johannes Jonker, Rory McConaughey, Ben Urbano, Miles Reed, Tian Schumann, Joanne Schumann, Sam Underhill, Anthony Watson, Mike Williams, Will Spencer, Ethan Stadden, Charlie Yules, and Will Stewart. Add Josh McNally to that list. Mm, that is a, a that boy. is a huge list. And I mean, if you were to look at that as a percentage of cap space, I think you'd probably be looking at somewhere in the order of 60-65%. So it's huge. It's very, very difficult. But as you say, there's the the coaching's the coaching's not been good enough and, and some of the execution by 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 the players in the key moments hasn't hasn't been good enough. Mm. Yeah, and we we got a point which, as you say, is something, isn't it? And and what's the winning was was sweet because they beat Bristol, but it was it was difficult because yeah Newcastle to me looked like our our yeah. our, our next target and with the game on Saturday which we'll come on to it seems like well, an absolutely massive game. Last thing on Leicester as well mm-hmm. and you know congratulations to them for their first win of eleven games at the wreck and you know I think hopefully they'll have to wait another another ten or so games before their before their for their next one um, possibly not but I think what I would say is that. Leicester do massively miss George Ford. You know, it, it it's a massive step down. I don't want to open it up too much, and I know we've 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 lost listeners in the past for us not quite rating Freddie Burns, but ultimately he, as usual, we just kick too much and and without a whole lot of quality on a lot of occasions. And I think George Ford is a is a is a massive. He's he's probably a, an eight ten point difference in that game. So. It wasn't the Leicester that we've seen for for most of the season, and the Leicester that's that's got them to to to, to top of the table. Mm. What's the Jason Marino expression? If I speak, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll be staying quiet on the the Freddie Burns discussion this week, Tom. I think we do should probably just check in on our Nathan Hughes ometer. Where are we between the the kind of five year deal to the, the the captain of the club swinging for for Bath fans? I feel like we're getting towards down that end of the spectrum at the moment. Just just check, just let me check in on that. Yeah, I thought with the BT cameras on him, he'd have a he'd have another he'd have another absolute stormer. Maybe like me, he didn't actually realise until it's too late that we were actually on BT <laughs> Sport for 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 a change. 
yeah, obviously he went off with the, the head injury assessment, didn't he, in that, that first half, then came back on to to complete the game. I think it it's about what I am expecting in the in the long term. He's still relatively new in that team. He's still probably getting up to speed with, you know, the the some of the, the line calls and, and, and the line up moves and that kind of thing. He carries very, very effectively and but probably not regularly enough, and maybe I don't know whether that's a a fitness point of view when he gets the ball and go forward from the base of the scrum he's incredibly effective because he gets over the game line gets his quick ball he'll put in the odd big shot here and there that sometimes is a, is a turnover shot or a, a momentum swinger but yeah I think at times in that game is his work rate work rate probably wasn't what I'd what I'd, what I'd be hoping for mm. um Give it, gave himself a 25-minute break as well. <laughs> Getting the HIA on 30, on 29 minutes was, I mean, fair play to him. Fair play well, to him. I, I, thought about one that. guy that we've mentioned a bit I thought was outstanding was Josh Bayliss when he was mm, when, when he came on. Obviously, not, not just the try, but I think we've missed a guy with his, playing three number eights again in Faletau and Kutsir and Hughes, we've missed his speed and fitness around the Mobility, park. Yeah. I'm looking forward to... Oh, I can't wait to see Miles Reed come back, and it was nice to see all the guys in the in the stands and up in up in the box. If you're you're Charlie Yules and Tom Dunning, Sam Underhill, the, the the big guys, and then obviously the, the younger guys down in the in 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 the stand watching on. But it just reminded you of the guys that we've mm. we've got to come back. Yeah, I don't know if it's nice to see, but but certainly nice to see them messing around. Optimistic to see them there, Tom. But another defeat for Bath. That's our fourteenth of the season, and we remain rooted to the bottom of the table 10 points adrift of the next club which at the moment is Newcastle Tom but before we come on to talk about the trip to Kingston Park we must just talk about the latest departure at Farley House David Williams who is the now former attack and backs coach at the club was due to be leaving at the end of the season he wasn't uh, one of those to be kept by Johan van Gran but He's decided, or the decision has been made by both him and the club, that he will leave at these at this point with immediate effect. Your thoughts, Tom, on this news and perhaps the statement which Bath released, which doesn't seem like it took them very long to write, alongside this news. Well, they're clearly too busy working on the the injury list that we've we've, <laughs> we've, we've all been we've all been promised, and that they have they have restarted. To be fair to them, yeah, it was a. A very curt statement, as you say, only kind of, only kind of two or three, two or three, two or three sentences. We knew that he was he'd be leaving, as you say. The his announcement still hasn't been 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 announced. So whether it was just a disagreement that that, that was had around kind of the direction that the the current and future coaches wanted to go, and he just felt like he couldn't he couldn't get on board with that. Whether there's something happened behind the scenes that we 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 don't know about, or maybe he's just thought, you know, I'm 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 being replaced. I haven't I haven't been here all too long. How long has he been here now? A, a season or so. Start 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 this season. season. Yeah. So maybe he's you know he thinks he's only been there a few months. Possibly like we've heard with some players and coaches in the past, he doesn't feel like he's been treated all that well as a as a person by by the guys you know in in very senior positions. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of unexpected. I think it was it was you know we, mm. we were anticipating him staying on till until the end of the season. Is he going to be a huge loss at this point in the season? You've got to say probably not. You know we're expecting a a new attack coach to 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 be brought in and, and be able to put his or her own own stamp or thing on things. So 
yeah, looking, you know, obviously wish him all the best of luck. I don't think it's it's massive news, but probably something that that's happened that we will we we, we probably won't know about. Mm. Um, Eight lines was the official statement, and yeah, doesn't seem like there's kind of the the, the well wishes or or the it doesn't seem to be the most amicable departure. But that may be reading way too much into this. And yeah. I did notice that that Anthony Watson put a tweet out with some. Um, sad faces replying to the bar tweet so yeah m- maybe something that's gone on or maybe we're reading way too much into this and he's just or decided maybe, to leave maybe he's doing an old David Brent Van Rensburg and he's he's got a short term or even longer term call up at a at another club and he's he's thought well I don't have any loyalty to Bath necessarily I'll go and I'll go and I'll go and help out in a in a new capacity at a new club mm, maybe maybe but yeah obviously from our point of view Tom absolutely wish him all the best so just if anyone from Bath is listening let's just when we do announce the new attack coach let's just dumb it down let's not describe a playbook of dreams I think David Williams was described as an attacking genius let's not do that For undue pressure yeah let's just remain calm on this and whoever it is let them do their own thing without describing him or her as you say as something that that perhaps they're not going to be able to deliver immediately tom in the more immediate future for bath is of course the trip to kingston park on saturday 3 p.m kickoff so perfect timing watch that straight on into the england wales game a fantastic saturday afternoon for those that will be able to do that um (laughs) 10 points behind them and Worcester we are so this Tom, this game Tom is huge if we are going to if we are going to catch them I wonder if you managed to watch their game against Exeter on Sunday the defeat that Newcastle suffered Exeter and, and what you thought of them then and what you thought of them so far this season yeah well firstly I'd, I'd managed to get my my weeks and my fixture list mixed up a bit and I thought we actually had Bristol next week and I was I guess I was, I was licking my lips a little bit there shall we say uh, on the ropes a little bit with some some internal discontent if the if the rumours are to be to be believed. But onto onto Newcastle, I, I, I did watch the, the the full game on the Sunday afternoon, and it was a very close loss to Exeter. They were ahead for most of that game. They they lost it to a, 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 a three point penalty right at the the close of the game. But the reality was I wasn't too impressed with Newcastle's performance. You know, they they defended very well. Their their kind of you know their their last ditch scramble defence was very effective. They managed Exeter managed to squander a lot of chances with obviously the injuries they've got. They were they were not playing like themselves even by their own standards this season, which have been which have been lower than than usual. The conditions in Newcastle were absolutely awful. You know, it's one of those when you're watching on TV where you've got the wider lens, you don't realise how bad it is, and then you get a close-up and you realise it's absolutely lashing with rain. There's about 25 spectators in the ground, <laughs> four dogs, a couple of cats, and there is... Absolutely no cheese, let's be sure of that. Oh, no, yeah. They, we, they, they still call them, we are still... I'm still allowed Still the cheese, still, still the cheese. Um, no headwear allowed. No, the the, the Devon Devon based Devon based Chiefs. They yeah they didn't didn't make the don't think many of them made the, the trip up north. Couple of I feel relatively confident against Newcastle. I think I think we're we're definitely improving. As I've said, I think the gap now we're starting to look like a lower to lower mid table outfit. I think so far mm. far this season. Ironically, the Worcester game is probably the the worst performance we've had in the Premiership. This, this calendar year and I think we've improved since that point the forecast in in, in Newcastle upon time this Saturday 
is for, for kind of cloudy uh, with patches of sun. So hopefully we won't see the absolutely horrendous conditions that, that we saw. Good news on the injury side as well. Neil Hatley said in the press conference that Will Spencer and Mike Williams are back next week. So as I was saying to you earlier, I never thought that that would be the, the good news story that I would be, I'd be hanging my hat on. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to a point this season. It's got potentially a new low this season, but, but with them and hopefully maybe Miles Reed back in the fray. Mm. Maybe Big Joe. Maybe Big Joe as well. God, I'd love to see Big Joe. Obviously, Toby Faletau has, has got his customary call up mm. to Wales, and will probably go go up and, and and dominate for them before picking up an injury in the last game of the Six Nations. Josh Bayliss as well will be gone. So and Cam Redpath and Cam Redpath, Yules yeah. and Stewart, of course, with England. Yeah, so I, I saw the the extra Newcastle game. Not not maybe not maybe in as much depth as you, but certainly saw parts of it and. I thought there was a lot of heart shown by Newcastle. It had been a massive week for them. I think their club captain, Mark Wilson, England back rower, announced his retirement, unfortunately, due to injury from rugby a couple of days prior to the game. And then I thought, I think it was on the day, uh, Steve Black, who was a a Newcastle coach, extremely, extremely well-respected, well-loved in those parts and, and seems like by you know, a large part of the rugby community. He unfortunately passed away. I think it was the day of the game or maybe it was on the Saturday. So I think there was a lot of emotion borne out in that performance from Newcastle. And I think one thing certainly to track is the the, the consequences of the emotion borne out by Dean Richards in his post-match interview with, with BT Sport, which, you know, the circumstances around the game maybe excuse it to a degree. But to call into question the referee in the way that he did, I think not only because it's Dean Richards, it's just completely inexcusable. And particularly because it was Dean Richards, the, the cheek of it I thought was absolutely outrageous. So he has been charged by Premiership Rugby and, and that might have a, an impact on the game. He may you know, end up getting a ban for that. I think that would be absolutely fair enough. So that's something to track. Mm-hmm. And I think it's absolutely a winnable game for Bath and, and those guys coming back. You know, I'd love to see a Reed and Bayliss in that back row, some mobile backs. I'd love to see Tok and Asiga back in the side. I thought Will Buck did okay, but he's certainly not he's certainly not a winger. Um and yeah, just the, the ever growing partnership between Bayliss Redpath, which I think we've discussed a lot on this podcast, but I think Sorry. Bayless and Redpath. Sorry. Two of the completely wrong people. Spencer and Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> completely the wrong people. <laughs> Spencer and Bailey. And I think a partnership we've maybe not discussed as much, but I think it's really developing, is Joma and Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a stat on, on Saturday that Joma started 14 the past last 15 games, which is quite incredible for such a young guy. And, and I think nine of them have been alongside Jonathan Joseph. So that's something that that's starting to develop. And I think that axis, hopefully with a bit of a more of a mobile pack in the back row and then some beefy locks back in, hopefully that will be the the catalyst for a, a, a massive bar victory. Yeah, and at times, I mean, our defensive midfield, our, our midfield defence has been very, very poor and it, it was a couple of, mm. on, on occasions in the in the game. Hopefully Max hasn't got to this bit of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, never his fault. It's never Max's fault. But um, I thought against Exeter, against Exeter <laughs> the, the midfield of Matias Orlando and George um, Wakokeke, 
I don't know if that's apologies, George, if that's wrong, if you're listening. <laughs> but the, 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 those guys, Derek George, <laughs> those guys look very, very disjointed at times. And Exeter <laughs> were able to fly through the the Newcastle defence with 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 real, real ease. Those guys didn't look like they were communicating at all. So maybe we'll see, an, uh, you know, some some more brilliant tries and potentially G. And, and who knows? And it doesn't often happen up at up away at Newcastle. But who knows, maybe our first four try bonus oh. point of the season, which would be which would be lovely, wouldn't it? Don't get ahead of yourself, that'd no. be my advice. Don't get ahead of yourself. A win would be absolutely fantastic. And if you are making the trip up, please do enjoy it. Get <laughs> get there safely. It'll be a hell of an effort. Um, unfortunately, both myself and Tom not able to attend this week. Um, but thank in the air. Tom will be in the air to, to slightly warmer parts. Very, very, um, very exciting, but also very poorly planned with the the rugby schedule that you've that you've mentioned. Missing both Bath and England against Wales is yeah, tough to take. You're flying out to Antigua to watch Test cricket, so it's not. <laughs> it's not. Way. It's it's not too bad. It's not too bad. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, Tom. Thank you very much for joining me. We're going to have to work out our schedules over the next couple of weeks to see if we can get you or, or someone better in the chair to alongside <laughs> me on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please do hit subscribe at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter. Fantastic improvement of supporters and listeners over the course of this season, which we just absolutely can't believe given the state of affairs on the pitch. So that is a credit to you, the listener, spreading the word with your friends. The Valentine's Day gift seems to have gone down well, but don't let that stop you. Keep spreading the podcast and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.